0: Bottom line. Welcome, everybody. Um, Diving right into the bottom line, as the nature of the show is, uh, we're going to tackle abortion. Yep, we're going to go there right away. And I'm going to tell you straight off the bat, I think we're missing the conversation in our country at the moment. And we're going to focus on the U.S. in this episode. And I understand this is a conversation for the rest of the world, but trust me, the world is watching they're watching what we're doing and what the u.s again will set as a precedent and maybe maybe if we humble ourselves if we repent then as scripture says the lord will hear our prayers and he will actually heal our land because our net land needs healing a lot of healing we're talking abortion and i'm telling you we're missing the mark we are missing the conversation because the only two things that are really being discussed, and whether that's conservative media and Fox, or even the Daily Wire and The Blaze, which I'm on. And please check us out at The Blaze. Even those, those publications, I think, in some of the op-eds and Epoch Times and Newsweek, and then, of course, CNBC, CNN, you know, uh, MSNBC. The conversation right now is on women's rights. It's a women's rights conversation. Predominantly... That's what the left's going to do. They're going to make it a women's rights conversation. What is a woman's rights? What can she do and not do with her body, Without, her, not with her body? Then they'll bleed it into women's rights to vote, women's rights to work, compensation at the workplace for women. You'll see all things women because it's being politicized. We're now politicizing again abortion, maybe more than in 1972, maybe more than what Dallas saw in 1972 when Roe v. Wade was Roe was instated from Dallas, Texas. I'd argue now it's more political than ever before because now it's a weapon and it's so timely. But we're missing the conversation. I'm 100% convinced that we're missing the conversation in politics. We're missing conversation in civil discourse, in the public square. And we're absolutely missing this conversation in the church. It's become a women's rights conversation. And if not so a women's rights conversation then on the right it's become a pro life conversation which feels good and sounds good pro life that feels good that's all good it's pro life pro life Can I r- remind you just two short years ago only one sector of society seemingly had value in life in the in the in the black lives matter movement of course black lives matter every life matters every life race ethnic Social class, gender, doesn't matter. Every life matters. So pro-life feels good. It's very ethereal. It's kind of big picture. No, I think we need to get down to the bottom line and talking about what what the conversation really should be in our country today is the conversation that we're having every single day fighting sex trafficking. In this case, it's the conversation about the child, not the women's rights. It's not about the women. I'm sorry. And let me preface it with this. If you are a woman who have gone through an abortion by choice, by force, whatever the case, God's grace and mercy is so abundant. There is no judgment. But we must restore. We must bring equilibrium back. We cannot get into this conversation as if the child is not even on the, on the, on the, on the board. It's all women's rights. Well, what is a woman's right? And now we're lobbying, volleying the ball over the net, arguing what a woman's right is. Her right to choose, her right to life, her right to birth a child according to the word of God in Genesis 3, which we'll pull up in a little bit. The fact that she will have pain and labor, but she can give birth because she has a womb. It's actually where the word woman comes from. One with womb. How hard is it to define what a woman is? Not very hard. Not very hard. Do you have a womb? Some wombs are not fertile. Some women pray for 10, 15, 20, 40 years, their whole life, to give birth to one child. Some people cannot give birth. Some adopt. Praise God for that. They value life. But no, today, that's not the conversation. The conversation is not, turn on Fox. Turn on CNN. The conversation is not, what is the right of a child? What is a child? Where's the advocate for the child? Who's the voice for the voiceless? Because everybody watching this show says, Yaki, you guys got to fight sex trafficking. Keep going. Go to the front lines. Go to the border. Protect your children. Rescue the children. Why? Why is that so important? Why? And then there's those that don't even want to believe that sex trafficking exists. What I would say they're probably the perpetrators. Probably the ones who want to watch porn. But why is it so important to defend the children? Why is it so important to rescue a child from sex trafficking? Because the child has value. The child matters. The child's life matters. That is a fu- our future. It's the future of our nation. Okay, so then the argument becomes, well, when does life begin? Huh, interesting you ask. I'll show you a couple of videos later. So as we're going to dive into this, we're going to debunk some things. We're going to take the outliers that the radicals always like to pull up. Well, what about incest? What about rape? Rape. Come on now, rape. Surely rape justifies an abortion. We're going to tackle all of it. Not pull a single punch. And I'm going to tell you, this is me speaking for me. Met with our team this morning. And... Even I don't speak for our team, but met with our team this morning and said, hey, this is the angle I'm taking on this because after prayer, Scripture says prayer and supplication. Ask the Lord, what is your heart, God, in this? Why do you create life? When does life start? Who, do, who should we defend? We're going to dive into all of it, every little bit. It's going to be a fast hour. And we're going to debunk some things. And we may have to have a mind shift. Because here's what's really happening as I close this opening statement that I'm going to tell you. You're watching the greatest self-centered, selfish movement in the history of man. As bad as the Holocaust was, as bad as 9-11 was, As bad as some of the great wars were. As radical as the Old Testament is. Where God wiped nations from the earth. Told David, don't leave a child, a chicken, don't leave a thing alive. As radical as that was. By number, it pales in comparison to what we have done to the unborn. It pales. The recorded number in our nation alone, and only since 1973, says 72 plus million. There were times when there was only 500 million people on planet Earth. It pales in comparison. It's time that we bring center to this conversation, and call it what it is. I'm going to make an argument today and stay tuned. Don't 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 bail on a tough argument. Don't do that. That's what cancel culture does. Don't bail when it gets uncomfortable whether we're talking about abortion or child sex trafficking because I will tell you they're inseparable because every single pimp will force a sex traffic victim to go have an abortion because that girl cannot work while pregnant. But that's not going to be the conversation of today. The conversation is going to be how we have become an absolute self-centered, selfish society in America that will justify just about anything if it brings us convenience, including the murder and killing of the innocent in the womb, And unfortunately, in closing, we're having the conversation in our nation, also, the murder and killing outside of the womb. So before we dive in, I'm going to break and say thank you to Patriot Mobile. We cannot do this without you. Your support is incredible. Thank you for putting your money where your mouth is, for standing with us at the bottom line to defend life to rescue sex traffic victims, to go to the border and secure the safety of children. Thank you so much to Glenn and the team at Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is the only conservative Christian cell phone carrier. Um, Please check them out. You're going to find amazing service at Patriot Mobile. They use all the major towers. You're going to get great service on your phone, but also great customer service It's time, I think, that we put our money where our mouth is and vote with our dollar as well and support those companies who actually defend and protect life. Do not give to Planned Parenthood and fund radical behavior, but still give a great service. So if you dial 972-PATRIOT, dial 972-PATRIOT, mention the bottom line, you'll get free activation. And if you're a veteran, they're going to take care of you. All right, so let's dive into this. I'm going to ask Rebecca in the studio here. This is going to be a bit of a fluid movement. i ask Rebecca to pull up some scripture. Yes, I'm going to pull up scripture because I'm not going to be a hypocrite because I base my life off of the book that I follow because without it, there's no rudder. Without it, I'm just fluid. But that's right. Society today is so fluid. They can't tell you how many genders there are. They're so fluid. They can't tell you what love is. They can't tell you what the law should be. They're so fluid that we want to erase the history of our country. They're so fluid that we want to play God and decide that life may only start 60 days after birth. It's how fluid we've become. So maybe fluidity is not so healthy in our culture. Maybe we need a little structure, a little guidelines, like the game of football. I always go back to football. We've got four lines on the perimeter. There's an out-of-bounds and two end zones, man. Without it, you can't play. It's not possible, right? Game of inches. If we can draw lines in a football game to give us structure, then surely we can draw lines around who do we kill and who don't we kill. Yes, I said kill. 100%. So let's pull up some scripture here. I want to dive into, let's start with Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, there's an interesting conversation. Again, whether you believe or don't believe in the Word of God, just humor me for a minute. There's a conversation between God, Eve, and Satan, the serpent. And this is, of course, after Eve takes from from the tree, that God said, don't, eat the apple, the whole thing, sin, fall of man, original sin. Here we go, right? I want to read this. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed, talking to Satan. More than all cattle and more than every beast of the field, on your belly you shall go. Now we can have an argument. Was the serpent actually, was it a dragon? Was it a snake? Was it a lizard? Don't get lost. And you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Interesting. And I, God, will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed And her seed. Uh Uh-oh. Interesting scripture. God says, I will put enmity between you, Satan, and the seed of the woman and your seed. What does a seed do? A seed grows. What is sperm? It's seed. What is the egg? By the way, one egg. One egg per ovulation cycle. About 100 million sperm. You think a woman's egg is valuable? I bet you. A hundred million sperm fighting, and one gets in. We're going to watch that later. What happens when that happens? So I will put enmity between you, you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. And then, of course, man shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. There is a war between Satan and the seed of the woman. The war is in the womb. We're living it today. It's scripture. It's biblical. Even if you don't believe in the Bible, that should send chills down your spine. This is a spiritual battle of Satan saying, I'm coming to steal, kill, and destroy, and I will come after the seed of the woman. And now there's a whole bunch of minions on earth that's helping him under what's called a law. Trying to write a law that supersedes the law of God. Let's dive into some more scripture, Rebecca, if you don't mind. Rebecca, sorry. We got a Becca and a Rebecca. Um, if you want to pull Jeremiah 1, five, Yeah, beautiful. This is God speaking. In Jeremiah one five. maybe you have never read this, but let me read this to you. God speaking again. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. How is that possible? Because you're a spirit. You have a soul. Your body is temporary. This is artificial intelligence. This learns and breathes. But the soul drives you. When you breathe your final breath, what does this body do for you? Can it carry you anywhere? No, the worms eat it. Or you go through cremation. This is artificial intelligence. We talk about artificial intelligence. Your brain is artificial intelligence. What is real is your soul and your spirit. God says, not Yaku, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. You. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. What does that mean? It means God sending you to the nations to prophesy good news, to prophesy life, to speak health, to speak blessing, to exhort the downtrodden, to protect the downtrodden, the the, the destitute, the lost, the forgotten. It's actually why you were born. No, no, I was born to be an accountant. Now, that's what you do. It's not who you are. Well, Jaco, I got a great body. That's, it's like saying you got a great car. Can a criminal drive a great car? Of course. Your body is the vehicle. It's your soul. This is a soul conversation. If you are pro-abortion, you have a soul question. You need to ask a question to your soul and your spirit. Why? Well, it's a, it's a woman's right. I told you. This is not a women's rights conversation. They want to make it that. Maybe you want to make it that. It is not about a women's rights. What about the child? Who is speaking for the child today? Who? In the public arena. Who's speaking for the child? Who's the child advocate? Well, then you're going to say, well, Yaku... um, When is it a child and not just a lump of cells? Well, I just read you a scripture that says God knew you before he crafted you in the womb. That you were first spirit before you received a body in the womb. You were first spirit, right? Because if there's no spirit, no child can get born alive, right? There's a soul. Because when you die and the soul leaves the body, the body is just... It's just a mass. The spirit brings the body alive. The spirit, God knew before you received your body. So you were spirit before you got a body. And you will be spirit after you had a body. So I argue you're alive pre-conception. I argue conception just gives you a body. Conception is just you walking into the dealership and getting a body. I'm gonna talk about when does when does life start at conception? It's pre-conception. You just get your body at conception, and you're forming the body in the womb, which is beautiful. That is a woman's right. I'm gonna talk about women's right, the right to give birth, the ability sanctified, the honor to be a mother. Let's dive into some more scripture. I'm gonna to go to uh Matthew 18.6 or Luke 17.2, whichever one you have, Rebecca. Here we go. Jesus warns of offenses. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, he's talking about children in the context. It would be better for him if a millstone, which is about a 50-pound center block in 2022. So better you hang a 50-pound center block around your neck with a chain and you throw yourself into the depth of the ocean. Rather do that than causing one of these little ones who believe in God to sin or to harm one of these little ones in different translations. Rebecca, if you'll pull up uh, Ezekiel 33 7 for me, please. Our job is to warn of injustice. Our job is to seek it out. Our job is to protect the unprotected. We talk so much about minority groups in this country. Minority groups protect the minorities. That's why we're a republic, by the way. A republic defends the minority. A democracy does not. In a democracy, the majority rules. I came from a democracy in South Africa. Let me tell you, that doesn't work. A republic works. Ezekiel 33, verse 7. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. God will show us injustice. God's Holy Spirit will guide us to say, this is right, that is wrong. And when it's wrong, you're a watchman placed on the wall. To do what? Let's read. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood, the blood he caused, the abortions, the sex trafficking, the injustices, the blood of the wicked man, because we did not warn them of their wickedness, the blood will be on our hands, on the hands of the watchman. And then scripture goes on to say that if you warn the blood will not be on your hands, but on the hands of the wicked. So this is a warning. We are missing the conversation on abortion. It's not about a woman's rights. It's not about ethereal pro-life. It is about the value of life of the child. It is, in fact, people who are for the child and people who are against the child. Yes, the child in the womb. Yes, from conception. Rebecca, would you please play a video? This is a video of what happens when sperm enters the egg. Before before we do this, scientists we're going to show you afterwards would say if there's light, there's life. Okay? Well documented all across science, not just Christians in science, just science. If there's light, it's a sign of life. Okay? If there's movement, it's a sign of life. If there's oxygen, it's a sign of life. All right. You're about to see some light. What happens when a sperm enters an egg? In mice, when it's black and white, but when it's color, in humans. Let's take a look. You see a flash of of light, literally. A, a bang, a flashbang of light. When the sperm enters the cell, look at all these different tests popping off with light. Play that one more time, please, if you don't mind, Rebecca. The one in the top center stays dark. No sperm enters in. Look at this. Big flash. Boom. According to science, as I'm asking Rebecca to pull up some signs of life in outer space, probably by some of the same people that says that life life doesn't start in the womb. It only starts outside of the womb. Back out a little. This publication, uh, Rebecca, where did we find this? This was... Uh, oh, oh, JPL researcher. Yeah. We're talking about early days of studying microbes. Um, and they reference these microbes as tiny organisms of life. I encourage you to pull this up. NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory Found these living organisms, these microbes. Call them. Ven- this is a research scientist called Venkat, last name Venkat. And they like naming these new little things. And then there's a study on deep sea microbes and space microbes. Out of Pasadena, California. I don't know the position of Mr. Venkat on human life, but it's well known in the science community, in NASA, in space travel, that if they see an organism, they see light or water, that they would equate it to life. Okay. Well, then let's look at this real quick. Let's pull up some sonograms. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing all of it. We need to restore the conversation. The conversation is about what is in the womb. Do you defend it? Or do you justify killing it, murdering it, okay? Here's some first trimester sonograms, and there are better pictures, but this is congruent. First trimester, we're in first trimester. That picture to the far right, I have three children. Actually, we're going to reveal today that we have four. One is in heaven. And we'll talk about that for a second. It's a heavy subject. But that far right picture that you're seeing there I wonder what that looks like. I mean, how creative do you need to be as a human being to look at that go I wonder what that is? I mean, first trimester. Second trimester. Let's scroll down. We can read through all this. There's a nice 4D image. The f- The first and second image is one dimensional and maybe two. Here's a nice four dimensional image. Second trimester. Arguably 40 weeks of birth, uh, of, of 40 weeks of carrying a baby to term to birth. Here's your second trimester. 4D image. Wonder, what are we looking at? I wonder, how creative do we need to be? Can you put someone on a polygraph and ask them, what do you see? Do you see an elephant? Is that a moon? Or could it potentially be a child? I don't know. I would say you'd have to be certifiably insane and factually inaccurate to look at that image and not have the answer come out of your mouth, child, human, human being living organism oxygen water life light hmm second trimester let's look at third trimester these are not 40 images interesting here let me tell you something that i can tell you for anybody who's a parent who's ever looked at your third trimester images You start seeing the personality of your child in these images. Any mother will tell you. She can feel how the child reacts to voice, to water, to personality, and to the food that she eats. Watch your wife's cravings? Your wife craves spicy food. When my wife craves spicy food with our second child, that child today eats spicy food. My first child doesn't like spicy food. My first child, in the first trimester, Would follow my voice. If I spoke to the right side of the womb. She would literally move. And swim. To my voice. My son. Didn't care much for you speaking to him. Because he was so huge. He didn't have space. He just waited. There's a personality in the womb. You can see it in the facial features. Well does this child already in the womb. Look like mom or dad. Now. Let's have a conversation about California. And this is very recent. California has an Assembly Bill 2223. Assembly Bill 2223. Assembly Bill 2223. In 2022, a bill sponsored by Representative Buffy Wick, co-authored by none other than Planned Parenthood. Yes, Planned Parenthood. The same organization, by the way, that specializes in aborting children. The same organization, by the way, that would allow an underage minor to come have an abortion without parental consent. The same organization, by the way, that helped the World Health Organization and SICUS and UNESCO write the sexual manifesto for children, which turned out to become comprehensive sex in the United States. The same organization that is funded by radical left, the same organization that does not frown upon taking life, that organization, Planned Parenthood, has helped draft this bill with Buffy Week in California, which I'm sure Gavin Newsom would sign in a heartbeat. It passed the judiciary stage 7-2 to two in the vote. Now, from, from the judiciary, it's going to go to the House. And if it passes the House, it would go to the California Senate. So Californians, you have maybe 60 days, 90 days maybe. Now, rapidly accelerating with the Supreme Court Justice leak. Oh, and we want to have a conversation about the Constitution and the breach of the Supreme Court. It's egregious, Yes. It's terrible that the Supreme Court was breached. A leak happened on purpose. It's still not the conversation of the day. The conversation of the day is still, in fact, about the child. It was about the child in 1972 with Roe v. Wade. It's still about the child today. It should be about the child. But it's not. It's about women's rights and the Constitution and the sanctity The sacred nature of the Supreme Court. Yeah, nothing should leak out of the Supreme Court. But I promise you, the Supreme Court is not more sacred as an entity than a child. Because the Supreme Court, nine justices, for now at least, as it should stay, but at least, what is it made up of? Oh, that's right, nine human beings who were nine babies in nine different wombs, who once, with a flashbang, was a sperm that entered an egg. There was a spirit before it got a body. You mean that Supreme Court, nine justices, nine people from nine wombs from nine mothers, now saying, "I don't think we should decide." I think we should listen to the founding fathers and throw it back to the states to decide. And now we want to come with some cockamamie nonsense about no women will be able to have an abortion. No, trust me. Uh, The state of California is not moving in that direction. The state of California is moving in the direction of bill, Assembly Bill 2223. And this bill... If I could, Rebecca, could you pull up the third trimester for me again, please? Assembly Bill 2223, as we're looking at this picture, just look at it. That child right there is still in the womb with a placenta around it, feeding from an umbilical cord, siphoning food from the woman's body. Breathing, oxygen, blood flowing through the veins, fingernails, the whole deal, a personality. That child's still in the womb. No, this bill, this bill does not recognize that as life with value. This bill tells you, factually, by them, that that's not a human being that deserves care and protection. That what you're seeing on screen, your eyes are deceiving you. You're not seeing something that should be protected. You're not seeing something that's vulnerable. You're not seeing something that has life, but is completely exposed, completely dependent on society, caring for it. No, you're seeing something that should be getting, getting rid of because a woman has the right. As a matter of fact, that bill tells you that they would prefer for that baby to pass through the Birth canal, to go through what we call labor, to have the umbilical cord cut, to have his or her first moment on his or mom's breast and chest, to get a little smack on the bottom, to take that first gasp of oxygen through the mouth and the nose into the lungs, the burning sensation, that's why the baby cries, by the way. The burning sensation of feeling the oxygen pass through the mouth, the larynx, the throat into the lungs, the diaphragm moving. The baby cries. That baby still doesn't have value. Now, this bill believes that that baby can be murdered. Murdered up to 28 to 60 days after birth. But what you're looking at on the screen looks like a human being. Are we deceived by our eyes? Are we not looking at a human being in the womb, in the third trimester? No, California tells you, Planned Parenthood tells you, Buffy Wick says to you that you're deceived. That's not a human being. How can it not be? Because they haven't deemed it to be. Uh Uh-oh. And here the penny drops. Why is abortion so important? Because it's a selfish act. It's an act that moves towards covering a mistake. You don't want to be pregnant. Don't have sex. Don't have unprotected sex. Oh, I know you're going to come at me with rape. I know you're going to come at me with incest. Okay, let me throw you some numbers. Do you know your numbers? Let me give you some numbers. I want to tell you real quick. Under half a percent. Under half a percent of abortions by the mother's are confirmed by the mothers to be ancestral pregnancies. Under half a percent. Under half a percent of abortions by the mothers are confirmed to be by the mothers to be from a rape. Then people will say, well, women can die in birth, Yaku. It's a woman's right to decide she can die in birth. Okay, I hear you. Let's talk about death and birth. I went back, I asked the team, hey, let's pull up some things. Let's go to 1933. 1933, healthcare was atrocious. Atrocious. People died in birth. People died from flu. Any operation was about life-threatening with infection and disease. So in 1933, let's see how many women in the United States died from birth in 1933. In 1933, with atrocious health conditions. In 1933, when they did not legalize abortion, where they did not have a conversation about killing a baby after birth. In 1933... When seemingly a lot of women died from giving birth, in 1933, the number was the following. 619 women out of every 100,000 births died from birth, which means point so 0.619%. Under 1% of women who gave birth in 1933 died while giving birth with those atrocious medical conditions. Let's fast forward to 2020 and look at the same number. CDC number, by the way. Another entity people think is God. In 2020... 238 women out of 100,000 died from birth. New medical techniques, medicine, practices, care. Wait a minute. 1933, 619 women died from every 100,000 births. 2020, 238 women died. 2020. So 0.238%. In 2020, of women died in birth. But the argument is women could die. Let me give you this stat. I just pulled a random stat. In the same year, I wanted to see how dangerous it was to walk in the United States. Just walking. Not walking on the highway. Just walking. The risk you take every morning. Getting on your feet. Walking. Walking. I wanted to see how many people died while walking in the United States. Here's a number for you from that same year. So 0.238% of women died during birth in, in, in the U.S. in 2020. In California, in the same time, 0. 0972 people died taking the risk to walk. It means 972 people out of 100,000 died because they took the risk just to walk. They got run over. They fell in the manhole, fell off a cliff. But only 238 women died during childbirth, which means you were three times more likely to die in California in 2020 walking than dying from giving birth. Now, see, we eat up radical rhetoric in this country. We want to make this conversation about a woman's right. She could die. I just showed you that the likelihood is more that you're going to die from walking in California than giving birth. We can pull up liveaction.org. Rebecca, when you have time, I'm going to walk you through a couple of things. Live Action does amazing work. No, see, the conversation is actually off. The conversation is about a woman's rights and about what could happen to a woman. I'm going to say this. Yes, there is rape. We deal with that in sex trafficking every day. Yes, there's there's incest. Under half a percent. But it's there. So you try to corner me and go, Yoko. well, what about rape and incest? So you really want to say that the, the women that get raped that should, should, should carry that child to term? The second we make the conversation about anything other than the child, then yes, you can justify her killing that child. And it is what it is. Do you need me to show you the videos? Because we can, of what happens when you stick a tube into the uterus and you suck a baby out of a womb? You crush the legs, you suck the brains out. You wanna you want see that? Because it's available. You're killing life. And now California wants to do it after birth, murder, license to kill, James Bond. No, the second you take your eyes off the child, where's the church pastors? Where are you with your separation of church and state nonsense? Our founding fathers had a separation of church and state. Not to take God out of civil duty or out of the public square or the conversation of how do we make laws. But to take the civil actions out of the church. It was to protect the word of God. Not to take the word of God out of the civil Discourse or the civil conversation or your civil duty. No, was in fact to say, listen, men of God, you need to go run for office. Where's the church on the conversation about the sanctity of life? Where's the church on the conversation saying it's not about a woman's rights, it's not about a man's rights. Because if it was all about a woman's rights, why are we seeing thousands of men showing up at pro-abortion rallies going, suck the little bastard out of the womb? Wait a minute, you don't have a womb. You just want women to love abortion because you want to live a sexually immoral life and sleep with anything with two legs. And have baby mamas all over the place and have no responsibility. And if that child comes to term, the government says, hey, father, don't go home. We'll incentivize you to leave and we'll pay the mom for keeping the child. Taking the black community in America and sticking them under their thumb, the government is doing that. Men advocating for women's rights to abortion. You're selfish. As a guy, because you don't want to step up because a mistake, according to you, were made. I say when a life is born, there's no mistake. No, there's no mistake. God knew you before he crafted you in the womb. There's no mistake. But you want to say it's a mistake. So let's eradicate the mistake. Why? So we don't have responsibility. It's selfish. It's a self-centered motion. And if you cannot care for that child, yes, I believe the child is carried to term and goes into adoption. And then people come, Yoko, do you know the foster care system? Do you? Do you? Because we do. We know 60% of foster kids are sexually abused. That's a whole different conversation. It still does not mean because you think something bad may happen to a child if you're bringing them into this world that you'd rather take their life Because somehow you're virtue signaling sparing them from something? You want me to show you the list of people whose parents sat in an abortion clinic parking lot and at the last minute watching a sonogram decided not to abort and how they became leaders of nations? Some of the biggest pastors and preachers? Sports stars? It is selfish. It is a self-centered notion thinking this is an inconvenience to me. It doesn't fit with my lifestyle. How am I going to pay for it? Where's the dad? I don't know the dad. And yes, even in rape. Hear me today. As a woman or a man, if you've gone through rape, the atrocious violation of your privacy, your dignity, your rights, my heart breaks for you but there is redemption. God is a redeemer. He's a restorer. For the ones who have committed and chose abortion over and over and over, God can restore you. He can renew your mind. He can set you free from the burden and the guilt. This is not about guilting you. This is not about shaming you. I'm not your judge, but I must be in Ezekiel 33, watch one on the wall that says, this is not right. This is not okay. We cannot make this a women's issue, a man's issue, a rape issue, an incest issue. But there's this other little thing. Should I pull the picture up again for you? There's this other little thing in the womb called a human being that has nobody advocating for it. For him, for her. Nobody. Completely vulnerable. The fear of God enters you as a father the first time you hold a child in that delivery room and you go, dear God, be with me because I don't even know. Am I, sque- I going to kill this baby by squeezing it? Your world changes in a flash. You know what I'm talking about if you're a father. The fear of God falls on you. How am I going to pay for this? You fast forward into how do I pay for the wedding one day, college one day? What do I do? How do we sleep? Your whole world goes in a tailspin. Why? Because all of a sudden, responsibility comes in. All of a sudden, you're not the center of attention. All of a sudden, it's not about you. It's not about whether you eat. It's whether about the baby eats. It's not about you have clothes. Does the child have clothes? You're in fact second now, third maybe, fourth maybe. That's the conversation. The conversation is who's fighting for that child in the womb to say, you're precious, you're dear, we're going to protect you. We made a mistake. We as adults that had unprotected sex, we as adults, an adult raped somebody, an adult went through rape and needs massive healing. But the child didn't do it. But the child has value. But the child can do great things. But the child was ordained by God to have life. But the child can live, can redeem that situation. And yes, yes, my position is the same, even in incest. Because the child who has life did not do it. As traumatic as a rape is. As traumatic as a pregnancy in sex trafficking is. Do you know that some of the greatest cases we've ever worked is where a sex traffic victim became pregnant, decided to carry the child to term, somehow fended off and fought off her pimp from trying to force an abortion, and how they confessed that that child gave them hope, gave them a reason to live. Now, yes, some do hate the child, and they do kill the child. As harsh as this is, And I say it in love, no matter how you slice this apple, how this cookie crumbles, it comes down to it is a self-centered mindset. If we're really honest with ourselves, it is about how does it affect my life? How does it inconvenience me? How am I going to pay for it? My fear, my insecurity, my youth. I want to party some more. I don't like the guy I just had sex with or the woman I had sex with. I don't want them to be my child's dad. You made a decision. You made a mistake or you were a victim of something. It's under half a percent. So let's not let the tail wag the dog here. Predominantly, 99% of the time, The abortion is not rape or incense. 99% of the time, it's inconvenience. It's a timing issue. It's a resource issue. It's a you were drunk out of your mind on spring break issue. No judgment, but let's just be real here. The dog whacks the tail, not the tail, the dog. Let's not go into la-la land thinking we can justify murdering a child 60 days after birth. Dear God, help us. We have lost our morality. We have lost our minds in this country. So I encourage you to be bold enough and brave enough to challenge yourself and ask yourself if you are in fact in the pro-abortion camp, especially if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, if you proclaim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, which is the definition of a Christian, not a badge, not showing up on a Sunday, a lifestyle. If you in fact identify in in the era of identifying, As a Christian, please find me a scripture where God tells you that a child does not have value. Please find me a scripture where God tells you it's okay to murder. Please find me a scripture. And not make it what you want it to be with reference. Because you can reference scripture, confirm scripture. Which is why we can look at Psalm one twenty Psalm one uh, verse twenty-three. Can we can we pull that up? And then you look at Matthew eighteen six. They, they, they verify one another. Behold. Psalm one hundred and twenty-seven, verse three. And this is New King James, by the way. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of Of the womb is a reward. Wait, what? You mean there can be a reward from a rape? Exactly. Yes. It in itself is redemption. Not every rape results in a pregnancy. Very few. Very few. So wait a minute. God says this child is a reward. God says that having sons and children is like arrows in the quiver of a warrior. God says rather protect a child. If you don't protect your child, rather have a millstone around your neck. God says bring the little children. God looks at his disciples and says you will not turn these kids away. You can't find this description justification. Scripture as a, a justification for you to kill babies in the womb and murder them after birth. No, it is selfish. It's self-centered. It's a conversation about inconvenience. And we're missing the mark. Stop having this conversation about women's rights. Stop having the conversation about the Supreme Court of the United States. And by the way, according to the words of Daniel Funk, which is our producer in the studio, a law does not make a man honorable. A law does not make a man just. A law does not make a man walk with the Word of God. So when Roe v. Wade is overturned, and it's going to be overturned, it does not make man's heart just. It does not make man or woman's heart love life. It does not make man or woman's heart line up with the word of God. Yes, I want it overturned. And yes, it will be passed down to the states. And yes, there will be states like California that will be radical and justify the murder of children. And yes, people will drive across country to go have abortions. And even if they made it completely illegal, the black market will rise up. Don't let me start talking to you about organ harvesting. We'll do a show on that. So it's going to come down to you and me. Being intellectually honest enough, brave enough, and bold enough to ask the question, am I for protecting a child from conception all the way through, or are you for killing them? Brass tacks, bottom line, very, very simple, where the rubber meets the road. Don't go make it anything else. Don't bring me the tail wags of dog nonsense. Well, 0.5%. Those who want to justify always go to the extreme outliers. And I'm telling you, even in the outlier, God says that child has value. Because not every rape results in a pregnancy. But every pregnancy results in a life. maybe not a life that can be carried to term maybe a life that ends prematurely in the womb by nature but still that life was first to spirit see I made a promise to you that when I talk about stuff it's not third party no This is a reality in my household today. The conversation about where does life start because it's real. We cannot, as a society, miss this conversation. You ask yourself the next time you turn television on or you turn on Instagram or Facebook. And you watch the people you so love, the people you follow, the people you donate to, the people you buy their t-shirts, and you ask yourself, are they talking about a woman's rights? Pro-choice, pro-life? Are they talking about the violation of the Supreme Court and the Constitution? Or are they in fact focusing on what does the child deserve? Does the child deserve to pay the price for adults' mistakes? Whether the mistake was sex while drunk or a rape it was a mistake. That was a mistake. The pregnancy is not a mistake. No, the pregnancy is ordained by God. Yaku, how can you say such a thing? From a rape God would in the middle of a rape? Let me tell you something about God. Let me tell you something about his character. Yes, he will take a rape if by his choice and redeem it by birthing a life that can come out of the womb and maybe speak life into another, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, heal the sick, fight sex trafficking, become a president. Picasso, David Beckham, Yes, he will redeem the worst of worst situations. And by God, what a blessing it is when he breathes life into it. And that is the conversation we're supposed to be having today. Who is talking for the child? The same week California is passing this insane, radical, demonic, sick, twisted, selfish, self-centered bill to terminate life, after birth, up to 60 days, the same week, Representative Todd Russ in Oklahoma, with me standing literally on the Senate floor with Dan in Oklahoma, when they pass one of our bills, he gets a bill passed, which they call the Six-Week Pregnancy Heartbeat Act. See, they had a heartbeat bill that passed last year by Governor Stitt. Now they brought it from 15 weeks to six weeks. So wait a minute. The same week that California says we should be able to kill a child, murder a child, up to 60 days after birth, Oklahoma says we got to defend that child from six weeks in the womb. Something is amiss. Some folks want to play God. You can't give life on your own, but some who play God likes to take it. This is a selfish, self-centered conversation to terminate life in the womb or after because people want to play God because they want to cover their tracks Fix their own mistakes and have no accountability, no responsibility, no self-awareness. And the child can pay the price because we're not even talking about the child. But let me tell you what happened in Austin, Texas. We can run a study on GoFundMe in Austin, Texas. There's a bat population, very popular, under the bridge, the main bridge, right outside the University of Texas. Austin, People take their boats and they go under this bridge and they watch these bats at 7.30 at night and these bats fly from one bridge to the other and it's this bat population. So there was a little study run. It was an anti-sex trafficking study where there was a GoFundMe campaign to protect the bats and a GoFundMe campaign to protect children from sex trafficking in Austin, Texas. Do you know who raised the most money? The bats. 10 to 1. The bats got more support than children that are being sex trafficked. That, friends, is a sick society. That is a society that wants to decide who has value and who does not. Bats? PETA? My family has a rhino conservation project in Africa. I love rhinos. Conserve the rhinos. But if I got to pick between a rhino and a baby, I picked a baby all day long, Monday to Sunday. No contest. This is a critical hour for our nation where if we do not wake up uh, respectfully, wake up, And make the conversation about who will fight for the voiceless. Because if you will not fight for the voiceless in the womb, don't come tell me you're going to fight for the voiceless child that's 12 that's being sex trafficked. You will not. Or the voiceless that's living in a tent under a bridge in California. Because you will not. Or, watch out society, the voiceless that now all of a sudden is a menace to society because they're 85 years old, sitting in a wheelchair and can't feed themselves. See, we end the journey where we start vulnerable, vulnerable in the womb, vulnerable on your deathbed, completely dependent on other people putting themselves second, third, fourth to put your needs first. That's the society I want to be a part of. That's the society I want my kids to contribute to. Not the society that says when it's inconvenient, get rid of it. Because if you can get rid of the child in the womb, you watch. Like in China and other dictatorships, they will come for the elderly. I want to see what you say when they come for your grandma and your grandpa saying, well, no more contribution to society. A burden. An inconvenience. Because the 85-year-old life in a wheelchair, completely dependent on people, has no more value and no less value than the child in the womb. And with that, I close. God bless you. Thank you. See you next time.